T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into a bonus episode of Five Out. When you say Five Out, what do you mean by that? So the Sixers are were in town this past weekend. I'm recording this before the game. But we're going to not talk so much about the Celtics Sixers game. I wanted to give you guys some perspective on the Sixers because around here we hear about two teams when we're talking about the Eastern Conference and who are the Celtics' biggest concerns. It's obviously the Bucks, and then it's the Sixers, even though they're behind them in the standings. Obviously, they've done well against them. So I have my guy Kai Carlin from USA Today's Sixers Wire in town, um, hanging out. Kai, how you doing? What's going on, man? How are you? I am good, and I wanted to get your perspective on a bunch of Sixers stuff because you're dealing with it every day, traveling and everything like that. Yes, sir, all the time. Now they've been as low as the lowest they've been is the six seed this year, right? Yeah, I think currently they are the six seed. Now I'm thinking about it. I okay, think they so are right as now. we're talking about it, at least they're, they're the six seed. I know Sixers fans are negative. All the time. You, you made it even. You made it's even worse than I thought. You told me some brutal stories all the time. But for the writers, like at least for you, I know you can't speak for the other guys. But where do you see them right now in terms of you know at least in the regular season, like where they finish up? Well, they're not really a regular season team. They're not built for eighty two games. They're built for the playoffs. But it is concerning due to the fact that uh, the concerns with this team are, have been the same for the past couple of years. Is Ben Simmons going to shoot a jump shot? Is <laughs> jo- is Joel Embiid healthy for the playoffs? He's been injured last two playoffs. Uh, is Joel Embiid going to be healthy for the playoffs? Is is Brett Brown ever going to make adjustments in game? Is, 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 and you know, like those are the big concerns when it comes to this team. So when it comes to regular season wise, um, I can see them finishing second. You really can. Do I think they get second? No. But it's a possibility. It's not out of the realm of impossibility. Um, the real question for the team is going to be, you know, for, for the playoffs. Like, like that's going to be where all the questions are going to be answered. Right now, do you think that there's now who are the like the, the teams that I guess concern you the most when it comes to this? Because obviously the Bucks are number one for everybody. yeah the Bucks for sure. Um, the Heat are another one. If the Celtics get a big guy, then the Celtics would be concerning. Okay. And um, Toronto. Is Robert Williams coming back? And Toronto, okay. Is, is Robert Williams coming back at all? You like, eh. Not really. I, I okay. like I like Robert Williams. I was actually a big fan of his at Texas A&M. Okay. But like, he really hasn't really showed anything for me uh, at the NBA level where I'm like, damn, I'm so afraid of Robert Williams. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Like, you have to <laughs> – like, I like Ennis Kanter. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's – um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. He, no, you're fine. He, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. That's all he is. Uh, Daniel Tice is physical. Daniel Tice is more of the prototypical NBA big where he can step out and hit jump shots. Um, the new prototypical big, yeah. I guess, would be the way to put it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I guess the new one. Yeah. yeah. But neither of them are going to check Joel Embiid down low. So Yeah, everybody was free everybody around here was freaking out when you were here last time when the Sixers were in town. Yep. Everybody was like, Oh, you know, he did so well against Embiid and I know some numbers made it look like he did well, but Embiid still had his way yeah. when he was here last time. Yeah, so like that's that's the thing. He's he is an unstoppable force. But then you guys got Simmons, yep. who's supposed to be a force too. And like, there's some days he's he's playing, and it's like just I don't know, falls asleep or he gets soft. I mean that that's got to be he's got to be the most maddening player in Philadelphia right now. He's got to be the most maddening player in the league. Yeah, like, like, like overall, I mean, because like you said, there are so many nights where, um, for example. During the nine games when Embiid was out with the injury, 
Uh, I think Simmons was averaging like 21, 9, 8, two and a half steals. Like, like that was his stat line over those nine games. Really? And he was averaging 40 minutes a night. Jeez. Like, like, like over those nine games. Embiid comes back, and they've played two games leading into this Celtics game uh, in Boston. They played two games since Embiid came back. Um, they had the Golden State game. Uh, Embiid had 24 and 10. Simmons had 17, not nearly as many rebounds or assists. And then there was the Atlanta game where they lose to the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand how this team loses to the Hawks. I, I wasn't in Atlanta for that one. Um, I don't blame you. Why would you go there for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if the Hawks were good, I would go to Atlanta. Right, right. Uh, but Ben had 31, 6, 5, and 4 steals. And Embiid had 21 and 14. Now, with those numbers, you think the Sixers are going to win. Yeah. Like, like, you think the Sixers came out with a win and said they lose by 10. Because they couldn't defend Trey Young, so with Ben Simmons, who everybody gushes over for his defensive prowess, and obviously, which I mean, let, good. listen, let's be real; those are real. Yeah, like, like those are real. You know, uh, praises for, for Ben Simmons in terms of his defense, but Trey Young, they they do struggle with certain point guards. Trey Young's the guy they struggle with. Kemba Walker normally is a the guy they struggle with. They've been able to hold hold him in check. Yeah, Tybal so that last time you guys were here. Yeah, Tur- he's he turned it around in the second half like crazy. I was blown away. Yeah, because I mean Kemba, I think um, last in his last year with the Hornets, in the four games against Philadelphia, I think he averaged thirty. Really? Like in in those four games? Oh, that's that's why Danny Ainge wanted him so badly. Yeah, he's gonna go and cook against you guys. That's what yeah. It was. I think he averaged thirty in the four games uh, in his final year with Charlotte. And they also struggled with D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie when the, when they were together in Brooklyn. So I mean, they and Trey Young. So the Sixers kind of have issues defending perimeter guards. They've gotten better, obviously, this year with the addition of Thibault. Josh Richardson helps out. It doesn't hurt that it doesn't help that Richardson is hurt right now. So there are like a couple of different things that really are hurting the Sixers in terms of perimeter defense. But th- I think that would kind of be like there are a couple main concerns come playoff time. So you, when you listed off the teams that you're concerned about. You said the Celtics, if they get a big guy. Threw a yeah, if they get a big. So you have the Bucks unquestionably. For sure. With the Heat and the Raptors, though, they're unquestionable for you, too. Like, you're more concerned with them than the Celtics. I am. Wow. And it's just for the simple fact that um, it comes down to size. Like, come playoff time, I mean, when you have to go up against Embiid and Horford for seven games, I, I think the Sixers would beat Boston in five games. In five games? I think it would be a quick series. Damn. And, okay. and, it's, and Brad Stevens would coach circles around Brett Brown, but... In terms of just talent and size and the way things play out in the playoffs, everything that's kind of screams to me Sixers and five. So Bam is and, and Jimmy are scary enough for you in Miami, and then pa- I know you're a Pascal guy. So I'm a big Pascal guy. So Pascal and 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 Gasol and Ibaka. That's that's enough for you. Yeah, but the but the reason why I really include Miami though, here's the main reason why I include Miami, and it's really it's Bolstra. Okay. And, and and also due to the fact that Miami has a legitimate closer in, in Butler, and Philly really doesn't. Mm. But like like Philly, they lean on Tobias Harris, and I got to give Harris credit. He's actually filled that role pretty well. He's kind of taken steps forward as Tobias Harris the closer. He's not Jimmy Butler. No. And in, in, in terms of closing a game out. Um, also, Spolstra employs that zone. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know this. Bolstra employs a zone. I think I looked up. It was like sixty-two percent of the time. We saw it. We saw it earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, they, he ran that one-three-one against them, and they the Celtics ended up breaking it down. But they struggled with it at first, for sure. Yeah, because you know it's the NBA. A lot of teams don't really see zone. Now, granted, that could happen. That could change in the playoffs. Now that teams have tape, like on that zone, and then they can get better at it and everything. That could always change. 
But the Sixers also don't have any shooters, like any sharp shooters. You know what I'm saying? Mm. If they had a J.J. Redick, who they they don't miss him defensively, but offensively, you know, <laughs> they're missing. They're missing that sharp shooter. Well, that's why when 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 you guys got Richardson and the whole Butler thing, and I I get it. Like it's and I say you guys, I know you're not part of the team, but like like Richardson's nice and everything, but. Acting like he's gonna go and make up for the fact that you lost JJ Redick. He's, he's an elite three point shooter. Right. Richardson's not him. There's not right. many guys like him in the league. Exactly. So it's, it kind of made it tough. And then you kind of have to realize Brett Brown has changed his offensive scheme at least five times this year. This year alone. Alone, at least he's changed that scheme five times because he's trying to figure out how how is this roster gonna fit. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure we all had that question when they brought in Horford, like like heading into the um. Heading into the season, we're like, how in the hell of it are two big guys <laughs> yeah. in today's NBA mm-hmm. going to work out? Yeah, no, like, I, I mean, the other thing was too, you have a guy now who was guarding Embiid before. You take him away from everybody else, and now Embiid. I mean, and now Horford can go against Giannis. I mean, that's the most important guy for you, right? I mean, everybody's got to worry about you. Horford's, you know, one of the best at defending him for sure. Right. So like, and also Brett's trying to make Ben a roller now in in pick and roll schemes. Yeah, which 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 is kind of like like the big um, the 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 big, I guess issue or aspect when it comes to the Sixers. Like, what what's Ben Simmons really role offensively? Is, is he a roller? We're all wondering. Yeah, yeah. You got any answers, Kai? Maybe take a jump shot once in a while. Right, right. <laughs> Dad, just take one jump shot, please. Here, I got something for you, Nick. I got a stat for you. Um. I'm not sure when the Cleveland game was. I really wish I could like put a date on it. I think it was December. I want to say around December fourth or December fifth, early December. Okay. Um, or December seventh. Yeah, it was. It was December seventh. That's impressive in its own. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Ben Simmons made his second three of the year Mm -hmm. uh, against Cleveland. You know, big deal. And Brett Brown after that game said, "I want one three point shot a game." Ben. he said to us in the media, he said, I want you guys to tell his agent, tell his best friend, tell his mom, t- tell his best friend, tell a, tell a, tell his brother, I want one three-point shot a game. He's taken exactly one three-point shot, and it wasn't even a real one in that, <laughs> during that span. It was a half-court heave. Oh, my God. He has not taken a single three-point shot since. Okay. So, and I imagine he doesn't like being asked about this a whole hell of a he lot. He really doesn't. Oh, it's just that is so shocking. He really uh, seems like the kind of guy who would love to talk through something like that. Yep. Nope. So I total misread on my part. Oh, um, for sure, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I misread it too. It's okay. <laughs> but like, can you? I mean, I can't from 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 afar. You know, I watch him plenty, but not as much obviously as you do. Right. Can you figure out for the life of you why you, why the hell he doesn't want to do it? I asked him in Brooklyn. I, I asked, asked him in Brooklyn uh, back in December. I said, Ben. Uh, what is it with you with, with the jump shot? Like, 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 I mean, is it to where like you're just you're kind of looking for a rhythm? And he he said, uh, for me to take a jump shot, I need to be able to find my spot on the floor. I mean, I need to be able to. <laughs> and <laughs> where the hell's your spot? Yeah, right. Where is your spot? You got to shoot to figure out where your spot is. Right. He said. He said, and I quote, "I'm not Steph Curry. I'm not going to you know just fire up a bunch of three pointers. I'm the point guard. I'm going to make sure guys are set up first. So um, that that was his response. I mean, I appreciate the unselfishness. I do, but I was just talking to Gilroy about how Hayward he runs into that problem where he's not selfish, not not nearly like Simmons. I don't want to do that to him, but it, what the hell, man? I mean, the two threes he's made have been from the corner. So I mean, like, mm-hmm. like maybe he feels like he needs to just get into the corner. 
Okay. And and find his spot there. And I find can understand why he wouldn't get there a whole heck of a lot, given right. he's the point guard. Right, given he's the point guard. So, but I mean, again, like I, as I was saying earlier, Brown has changed the scheme like five different times, trying to figure out like how the best fit this roster. And recently, he's figured out a way that Ben Simmons should be the roller. He should be the the screener and the screener and the roller rather than the guy distributing the ball because he's six ten and you can use athleticism at the rim. Which then causes issues for Joel Embiid because he has to go outside and shoot a bunch of threes to allow Ben Simmons to roll to the basket. Exactly. Why do you so, want him on the outside? Especially when, if you're playing a team like the Celtics. Right. And when really he's absolutely unstoppable in the post. He really is. You, If you get Embiid in the post one-on-one, you're screwed. You're either going to foul him or you give up a bucket. I mean, it's it's one of the two. So my question to you then is, like, do you, I mean, they're – Embiid's locked in for a little. How how long? Much longer do you know? I'm asking off the top of your head. I know. I know Simmons just got his extension. Yeah, Simmons' extension I think kicks in next year. Right. And then Embiid I think is under contract for another three. So do you think that those two? I mean, this is way down the line. But do you think those two are going to want to stay together like past that? I don't know. Because it just it seems so hard for them to coexist when Ben doesn't shoot from the outside at all. Right. And Joel. Joel has mentioned it in like some inter- in some like uh, interviews and, and media availability. Like, oh, we need guys to shoot the ball, or we need or or, <laughs> and like like he won't say Ben shoot the ball, but he'll say in a roundabout way, Ben shoot the fucking ball. Mm. So I mean, like there are a couple of different ways. Uh, Joel has kind of expressed his frustration, and, and and it's not like these guys hate each other. They really don't. I mean. Joel and Ben aren't the best of friends. Mm. Like they're not hanging out with each other or, or anything like that. But they really mutually respect each other and realize mm. how talented each player is. And I feel like they genuinely want to get this to work. But I mean, Joel is a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve, mm-hmm. and um, as as we all know, yeah, we see with cat stuff especially. It's must see TV. So it's like, so it's like Joe I, I, getting frustrated with with Ben's shooting. It's like, come on, man. So with with Embiid though, obviously there have been some kinds of concerns. You brought up the injury stuff and everything, but then Shaq and Charles are chirping him, you know. And and I get it. He's and I I respect to some extent that he's like I'm going to do me, but he also is like saying they're right in some of the stuff that they're saying. Is there any? I mean, do you have any concern though about Embiid's game and what he brings to brings to you guys? Not really, just, just because I mean he, he's still trying to figure out this whole thing with Horford, and he's still averaging twenty four and twelve. Uh, I, I mean, like like we're all criticizing him, and he's averaging twenty four and twelve. I mean, it's not like he's averaging like it's not like he's averaging seventeen and nine or something. Like twenty four and twelve is a legitimate number. He's been an All Star now for three consecutive years. He's the best big in the game. Um, some people think it's Jokic, although I'm, I'm I am a big Jokic guy. But mm. I'm taking you watch it. You are you're big. You're a big everybody guy except for Andre Drummond. Oh, I hate Andre Drummond. I can't stand him. Oh, you know, can you can you give us a little logic on Andre Drummond because the Celtics fans wanted him. him for a little bit too. Okay, now listen. I cover the Sixers, but I come from Michigan. I am a big Detroit Piston fan. If Sorry I, to hear that. It, I know. Appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. So if I had if I had a team to root for, it would definitely be the Pistons. I mean, obviously in this business, we're not really fans anymore. Mm. But, I mean, like, if I had a team to root for, it would definitely be Detroit. And um, I've watched Andre Drummond his entire career. And if this was 2005, he'd be the best big guy in the game. Mm, But it's not 2005. It's 2020. Game's passed him. The game has completely passed him and Hassan Whiteside, like out in Portland. Well, that's see, that's just cruel. You're gonna put you're gonna put Hassan Whiteside and him in the same group. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I don't I don't want to hear about Drummond's 2020 games. I do not give a damn. He does not contribute to winning. 
Uh-huh. Like, uh, if, okay, if Andre Drummond is your number four or number five guy, then okay. Which he would be in Boston. I mean, to, I mean, if we're going to think realistically here, he would be the number four, number five guy in Boston. Right. Because you still have Kemba. Um, Tatum I, Brown. Uh, Tatum and Brown. Haywood will probably have to go to Detroit. Uh, if the money and everything. Yeah, yeah. because of money and everything for the Drummond deal. But and so if, if that's to be the case, sure. Try it out, Boston. See what happens. <laughs> but he's not going to defend Joel Embiid. That's the big thing. Embiid owns real estate in that guy's head, and he knows it. He put it out on Twitter after Embiid like, got him fouled out. Of what, after the game here in Philly, Drummond fouled out, and Embiid put some ridiculous tw- tweet out saying, I'm in your head. I'm building real estate in your head. I mean, Joe, Joe owns him. He's really, he's a great trash talker. Yeah, Embiid he's absolutely is. great. Yeah. Jo- Joel Embiid owns him. Okay. So speaking of the trade stuff. I am curious. We'll do like we have two more questions. I want, I want to know your take on Horford and everything too. But when it comes to you guys, I think it's been. So I keep saying you guys. Keep the Sixers. Okay, okay. they've been. So what was it? Bogdanovich, right? He's been rumored around. Yeah, a Bog, bit. Bogdan Covington are the two Did big names. Did I see D Rose get thrown around too? Rose's name has been in there as well, but I just read something about how he doesn't want to be traded from Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and which I feel sorry for him. I mean, dude, go get a ring, please. Like <laughs> So, do you when you look at what the Sixers need, I mean, I would think you'd say shooting above all else. Shooting and a guy who can create uh in the half court. Okay. What do you think's more important? In, in their case, creating. I mean, probably probably Bogdanovich would probably be the best mm-hmm. fit, yeah. just because hey, he can shoot and he can create, you know, for himself. Okay. The thing is, though, he's so bad defensively. Like, like he oh, he's yeah. he's terrible. Yep. And 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 that's where um, like when it comes to the because Bogdanovich and Covington have been the two big names that they've been linked to. Mm-hmm. Covington would double down on their defensive identity for sure double down on that and he would also provide spot up shooting however he can't really put the ball on the floor he's been he's been trying to work that out for like the longest time he looks like a baby deer trying to walk for the first time whenever he tries to put the ball on the floor it it, 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 it's like very foreign to him he has no idea what he's doing Mm -hmm. so like like, he's like like what what is this what what, what are we doing here here? and and he has a he almost turns the ball over every time so it's like that'll be tough for them bogdanovich though would just kill them defensively whenever he's in the game luckily they can make up for him because you got horford you got Embiid, you got thigh you got simmons um the thing with bogdan though you'd probably have to get one of the starters Okay. So so it's like same thing with Gallinari. I saw a rumor that they were going out to Gallinari, and I'm like, if you're going to do that, you got to give up Horford. Yeah, there's no Gall with Gallinari. Is the, the, there's a money issue too in the course of all that. Bogdanovich. The only reason he would be, you would think maybe we could get away with this because he's what seven million. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. but obviously Gallinari is like twenty four to twenty six million. So yeah, he's making a ridiculous issues. amount of money for a yeah. guy who's not good. But so. you brought up <laughs> Horford. Yeah. Well, oh wow. <laughs> Not not a fan of Gallinari. <laughs> not really. I think he's overpaid for sure, but I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bum. He's not a bum. He's not a starter either. It's just kind of like you, I'd bring you off my bench and allow you to shoot three pointers. I know the it. Celtics were looking at him. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a good fit for the Celtics. It won't happen because of the money, but I think he'd be a good fit here because he just he can shoot. I mean, I'd literally, like I said, I'd just bring him off the bench, give him the balls, let him shoot threes. Just, I, I wouldn't ask him to do anything else. That's. I think that's that's exactly all you'd ask him to okay. do if he was brought all here because right. the the issues here are. Um, Big 
and then but they're not going to go after a big, and then it's off, and then it's scoring off the bench. They'd probably try and get a guy who can score off the bench and then help defend along the perimeter because um, that's how they rim protect. That's Brad Stevens' whole thing. Right, but right. It, Horford was helpful with that too. Yeah, Horford was huge. Now, how do you, how do you guys feel about Horford? Obviously, there's. Uh, I'm curious how the fans feel too. Um, if you have a feel for that, the fans have wanted him tr- gone for a month. They want Horford gone. Yeah, they, <laughs> they the, want him gone. The they fan. want Simmons gone. They want Brown gone. <laughs> the only guys they care about are Embiid and Richardson. That's it. And and Thibel. They they absolutely love Matisse Thibel. I he, can understand. He that. is Philadelphia's now son. They is call he? it he's Philly's son. They so. like Richardson because of your iguana story, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they they name <laughs> Oh, and also, I mean, uh he he said his favorite cheesesteak spot was Ishka Bibbles, which is a spot in um down downtown Philly. They kinda chop up their cheesesteaks. Okay. He said he likes them chopped. He doesn't really like like the Well, you, the when you go one. and being specific about your cheesesteaks, I got I feel like that the Philly people are gonna love that. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean they they they, they respect the hell out of that. Okay. Um but no, like in terms of Horford, they've been wanting him gone for a month because they think he's aging in uh yeah. very quickly. And they they also believe that um uh, they also beginning to get on Elton Brand too for giving Al Horford the money and letting Jimmy walk. So I mean, not, like now all of a sudden they're like turning on Elton Brand a little bit. He was a guy around here who was like he's a huge loss, but the money that the Sixers were paying him is like right. That's a lot of dough. I don't. I'm not paying Horford that kind of money. Right. As important as he is. Like here's the thing that when it comes to the Sixers, I mean, as I said at the beginning of this pod, I mean, like a lot of these, a lot they're built for the playoffs mm-hmm. and. They could right. they could get to the finals, but they could also lose in the second round. Mm, yeah, especially if they get the heat. I know you're worried about that. And like, because we talk about the Bucks, and I'm worried about the Bucks. Like, like if I'm the Sixers, I'm definitely you're worried. Everybody about the Bucks. is. Everybody's. However, think about it, though. Eric Bledsoe shits the bed every time the playoffs roll around, <laughs> and Chris Middleton's up and down come playoff time. Not not against the Celtics. He yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. For that Celtics series, he just he couldn't miss. Yeah, I know it's unbelievable. And then, um, but he was terrible in the Toronto series. Not terrible, but he wasn't nearly as good. Not nearly as good, right? And, you know, in, in that Toronto series, Brooke Lopez is hit or miss, and um, Wesley Matthews is. I care about Wesley Matthews, right? Well, that's fair. And, and I mean, then the guy was it Corver, which I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean and Cor- Corver's aging. Yeah. Dante DiVincenzo is only in his second year, and then Budenholzer. Um, I don't trust Budenholzer teams past the second round. I mean, I mean, th- like they got swept by Cleveland when he was with the Hawks that year, uh, when at when the Hawks won sixty games miraculously mm-hmm. and sent four players to the All Star game. Like they really? they sent Millsap, Horford, Teague, and Corver to the All Star game in twenty fifteen. Oh wow! I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. So, so yeah, that was the year. Atlanta. No, no, I can understand that then. Yep. And, no, I can understand that. And then they went to the conference finals for the first time ever in Atlanta history, by the way, mm-hmm. like during Atlanta basketball history, and they get swept by Cleveland. <laughs> now, granted, it's LeBron James, but this was Cleveland without Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving played only two games of that series. They lost, lost a, to LeBron. They lost to LeBron and Matthew Dellavedova. Matthew so that like, guy is so annoying. <laughs> so I mean, like, come on. Yep. No, you're right. It's, you brought you and I were talking about like uh, the other day about um, you know Casey and then and um, and Nurse taking over and just I mean you got to look at things like that and wonder how much of the coach is a factor in the course of things. Same thing with, around here with Brad Stevens. You got to wonder sometimes how much does the coach you know factor in the course of some of these things where it's disappointing ends. Right. And I mean, like, and then there's Brett Brown. Yeah, Brett Brown. I mean, I, I, I like Brett Brown is. I have to give him. I have to give him this. 
he has adjusted in terms of finally realizing that Ben's not going to shoot the ball and, and just put him as a roller. Like, Can you fathom that, though? Like, your boss... I know, like, I know Simmons makes more money than Brett Brown does, but your boss telling you, hey, can you can you shoot? Can you just shoot the basketball a little bit? It's not even like he's asking you, like, hey, can you play harder on defense, where it might be, like, annoying. It's like, I want you to shoot the basketball, which is what everybody wants to do. I mean, that's all you want to do when you play. Yeah, dude, I'm a jack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this, this is a player's league, though, so it, it just it's Ben Simmons is going to play his way, and I feel like Brett has done a good job of adjusting that. Mm. And, um realizing that I'm going to have Ben as a roller because he had Josh Richardson actually really morph into the team's ball handler. He had mm-hmm. Richardson initiate the pick and roll, Simmons screen, and actually they, it started at the end of December. I noticed it in the Miami game. Okay. Um, it was December 28th, and like Richardson kind of was able to find Simmons for a couple of alley-oops, and he used Trey Burke a lot. Now, Brown has been alternating all season between Howell Neto and Trey Burke. Okay. For for his backup point guards. He has not found a legitimate backup point guard. He's been alternating between Neto and Burke all year. Right. Now, I feel like Neto is the prototypical Brett Brown point guard because he likes that pass first guard. Mm-hmm. Burke is more of a scoring, get out of my way, I'm going to go one-on-one type, type of guard. But Neto is so bad defensively. <laughs> Yeah. To to where it's like, I mean, it can't hurt to have Trey Burke in there, coach. I mean, right. come on. So so you would go with Burke over him? I would. Okay. Just just for the simple fact that just Neto's so bad defensively. And he had a hell of a game against Golden State the other week. He had 19 mm-hmm. points. But they all came in the first half. See, now, at the end of all this, though, Kai, like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I've said it, though. I've been consistent, and I'm there with everybody else. The Sixers are one of the best teams in the East, even though they are in, where they're in the standings. But there are a lot of flaws with this team. Like, a lot find, of them, yeah. Well, I just listed yeah, like, yeah, a whole a laundry lot. list. But when you say that the Celtics can't beat them, the Celtics have done fine against the Heat. You know what I mean? Like that's my thing. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm. I'm not trying to make a case for them right now. I'm letting you go. Well, for but, me, for me, when it comes to that, like uh, when when it comes to the Celtics and the Sixers, I love Bam Adebayo. By the way, he, oh I'm, yeah, how can you? I'm not? another one, big Adebayo guy. He's a beast. Yeah, he he's so good. Yeah, and, and like he could do so many different things: score, rebound, assist. He moves real well for a big dude. He absolutely does. And then you have, um, but he's not Embiid. No, he's not. Embiid. He, he's not. And like Embiid dominates his team. Now, granted, the playoffs are much different than the regular season. So let's let's there's say no, the, there's no two ways about it. That's, so, but yeah, yeah. So let's just say the Sixers sweep the Celtics. They finish it off. That that could that doesn't mean squat. Like if the teams were to match up in the playoffs. Right. Because, I mean, I, I've seen it before. Like, I remember Brooklyn swept Miami in 2014, the regular season. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, Brooklyn can beat Miami. Darren <laughs> Williams, Paul Pierce, Andrea Karolinko. And then LeBron said, and LeBron said, yeah, all right. <laughs> and Miami beat them in five games <laughs> and route to another NBA Finals appearance before they ran into Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. I think if there's a group of guys that he hates losing to more than anyone, it's probably Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Right. Yeah. Right. Can't stand them. So, I mean, they don't like them either. Yeah. They, 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 you know what, though? Listen, Celtics fans, I, I know you're going to hate to hear this from me. Oh, but this is good. I like this. Is, has there been any championship squad that milks their championship as much as the 08 Celtics? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. The 08 Celtics team. They milk that they, title. They talk about it 
a lot. They love each other. That's part of it. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean that. that, that makes then, sense. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying they're right to do it, but I understand why they do it because if you look at Paul Pierce. He he had to work his ass off to get there. They, he got close, but the Nets were you know right there in the way those those couple. Right, times. the New Jersey Nets teams. That's right. Yep, with Jason Kidd, Kenny Martin. We were just talking about. Yes, that. we were. Yep, I mean that they were an issue for them, and then the Pistons were good too. You get KG. They got the issue is. That, and, I, and I stand by this. The Celtics should have won that one they lost to Kobe. They got screwed over uh, in Game 2010? Yep, 2010. They got screwed in Game 6. Some people say Game 7. I stand by Game 6. What happened to Game 6? It got blown out Game 6. The, no, I'm telling you, dude. The refs in that game, it was unbelievable. Nick. I don't say that ever, Kai. It is the only game I ever say that about. Ever. I, I Hand to God. Okay? Okay. But that's but it's fine. You don't think, that, you don't think that's the case. I really don't. In general, I mean, you think that the Sixers are—I mean, the Lakers—100% deserve that one. I'm. Oh, damn. You're good. Um, kind <laughs> like, of here breaking wei furniture. I, I apologize, I, ei. Bill me. Don't, don't tell them that they will. <laughs> Never mind. Don't do that. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. So, um, I'm I'm one of those people that like I I hundred I 100% believe that refs don't have a say in the result of games. Even though this is the part of the era where they were fixing games. Um. That's yeah, young... I mean, yeah, they caught they caught Donahue though in two thousand two or something, wasn't yeah, it? There were a lot of guys. I mean, Foster was no, his group was always known as I think it was the series extenders. I think it was like the, I, I I look. I'm not one to go and blame refs, but again, that's the one game I say that about in life. No, like other than the the Jim, you know the uh, Armando Galarraga game with the Tigers where yes, Jim Joyce sucked. Yeah, obviously that <laughs> one, but... but like Joyce Joyce knew he messed up like on the spot. And yeah. he like vehemently like apologized after that game. He said, "I screwed up. I'm I'm so sorry." Like you know what I never understood about that? You could still like, could they have not talked about it, like like as a group and then said, "Hey, you know we're overturning the call." I always thought you could still do that. I don't I was, know if you could do that in baseball. You, now you have to go and you have to. Yeah, they could they could on home runs, yeah, and they could do it on home runs before and foul balls. I think and that was it. And that was where the problem was. It was. That was the worst call I think in the history though, man. Yeah, that sucked. Anyways, that 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 was bad as a Tigers. I don't. I was like, Damn. Yes, you got to. I mean, you had that run with the Pistons, but yeah. About, and you're not a hockey fan, so you don't like the Red Wings. And I'm a Lions fan. Oh, oh God, so. I feel so. I yeah. So you can understand. Do the uh, does Ben Wallace and then Billups? Do they all milk that? Um, oh four was it? They really don't. Really? Like, I've actually, I very rarely hear them talk about it. I mean, Rip Hamilton does. I'm not going to lie. Rip Hamilton will go on Instagram and post a picture of all five of them with the, hash, with the hashtag best five alive. <laughs> and, and he's been doing that for years. So, I mean, like, like Rip Hamilton's been milking it. But, I mean, you never hear Ben Wallace talk about it. Ben Wallace actually owns the Pistons G League team. Really? Grand Rapids Drive. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I don't, I don't know if he owns them. I think he's like a... He, I know he's affiliated with them in a big way, though, with the Grand Rapids Drive. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know his role, but I but know... But he has a significant role, okay. Yeah, he's like a really big role with the Drive. Okay. And then Billups, you know, he's with ESPN, and he's with Fox Sports uh, West Coast or something. He broadcasts the Clippers games. Right, and then Tayshon is with the Grizzlies. Yeah, he's in the Grizzlies front office. And then Rashid's somewhere being Rashid. Uh, I don't know where... <laughs> I, I don't know, like, what's he, what's he been up to. We got a little taste of that, yeah. He, Rashid being Rashid. I mean, listen, he's a real one. Yeah, he... <laughs> I gotta tell you though, his ball don't lie. Um, got me so much, got me in so much trouble when I played basketball. I got tossed from an intramural game <laughs> because I said ball don't lie. Jesus. <laughs> okay. You're something else. Okay, this is Division Three intramural basketball. I got, I blocked a kid so hard that he fell. 
Oh, and you talk shit. No, no, no. The ref called me for a foul. Oh. And, and, I, and he was my friend, Kenny. And I was like, Kenny, that's not a foul. And got up <laughs> in his face. And, and, I, and I stormed off to like kind of relax. He didn't call a tech on me yet. He missed the first free throw, and I'm on the other end of the court yelling, Bottle Lie! Oh, you didn't. Bottle Lie! I screamed it, and I got teed up once. Yep. And then my best friend, uh, Sharif, he, he goes, Kai, get off the court. I can't deal with this. And as I'm walking off, I walk past the other ref. I said, hey, ball don't fucking lie. Uh, and then I got teed up for the second time. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> good to know that if we ever play together, you're going to talk a ton of shit. <laughs> That's what you get from Sixers Wire, everybody. Nothing oh, but man. the best. And Kai, is it at Kai Carlin on Twitter? At Kai underscore Carlin. Just, okay. All right. Yes. My bad. Kai, at Kai underscore Carlin on Twitter and then Sixers Wire. I appreciate it very much, brother. No doubt, man. Appreciate appreciate you having me on, man. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.